We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First Rest Credit Union. My name is Rob Capallo. I'm the Chief Strategy, Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Today, we welcome back Chloe Barton uh, to Business Matters. Chloe is a business banking advisor at Valley First, and this is your second time on. So thank you for coming back on. Thanks for having me back. No problem. So today, we're going to talk about uh, being self-employed and getting a mortgage. So for self-employed people, the path is not always, uh, is maybe a little bit different, I guess I should say. I wasn't saying easy, it's probably not the right word, maybe a little bit different. So it's a little bit of a more unique situation probably from a lender perspective. So what we're gonna talk about today is things you should think about, make sure you're prepared when you're gonna go talk to someone about it. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna talk about that in a bit, but before we jump into there, um, I'd love to just hear, uh, I'm always curious, like, how are things going in your, in, you know, your world? What are you hearing? People, you know, we're open, we've opened back up, I guess, as best as possible from the pandemic. So what are you hearing and seeing from the, your business uh, clients right now? Yeah, it's been really busy lately uh, with the current market conditions and the real estate market. We're seeing a lot of um, both residential and commercial purchases um, and also refinances. Um, to take kind of do equity takeouts of their properties because um, they want to invest in more property. So yeah, seeing a ton of mortgages right now, um, it's been really busy, but um, it's always great when business owners can go from, you know, leasing a building to owning a commercial property. So right. it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to pay rent to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, can you maybe, for people that are not familiar with sort of the, you know, your your title of business banking advisor, what that sort of entails, what you, you know, what day-to-day -day would look like for you and how you're involved and how do you work with businesses, sorry? Yeah, absolutely. My role with the credit union is is rather unique, though my title is business banking advisor. I also look after the personal banking for my business members. And so I manage kind of both sides of the, the financial equation, business and personal. I do a lot of lending, but I also am the relationship manager. So I'm the primary point of contact for the members of the credit union. Um, and we also look after wealth planning. So we have like a, a full suite of, of product and service offerings that um, we're able to provide to our members to support them with their business and personal banking. So do you, outside of lending, do you, in, in banking, are, are, do you do investment as well? Or do you kind of bring a team member in if one of your members is looking for that? Yeah, so I am um, able to offer wealth planning advice, but um, I always talk when I'm talking to people um, about financial advisors, I feel like you either are like a credit underwriter or you're an investment person. Sure, and you, you rarely find someone who's like a true hybrid that's like really passionate and really good right. at both things. And I am like by far the credit person. Um, I love underwriting credit. Um, I've recently taken my mutual funds license and, and, and learning more about wealth management. 
But um, I do, we have a fantastic wealth planning team here at Valley First. And so I always prefer to bring in the experts to ensure we're kind of wrapping our arms around our members and providing the best advice possible. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, when it comes to businesses, do you work with any specific type of verticals or sizes of business? Or, or, or is it or is, when you look at your sort of portfolio of, of, of uh, clients you work with, it, is it range from small to large? Yeah, so I work with um, kind of our small to mid-market size businesses, um, generally with lending needs kind of up into about a million. Um, and in, in terms of, of revenue or how many employees, um, it, we're not really limited in that sense. Um, we always just try to identify the home of best fit. And if I'm not um, the best business advisor to be supporting that member, we would refer them to one of our commercial banking advisors um, if they're working, operating at a much larger scale. Sounds good. So I'm curious, before we jump into the mortgage discussion is, um, what do you love about your role? What, do you, what, what, what gets you motivated in showing up to the office and working for your members? Like, what do you love about your job? Well, I, I definitely love the, the business aspect of it and getting to hear about individuals' businesses. And each business is so unique from, from one to another. And to hear someone talking about their business and, and sharing their passion with you, that's so motivating for me. And to know that like you can be a part of their success in, in being their financial advisor is just so rewarding for me. Um, so there's been so many people, I've been in the industry for a little over eight years now, and you can see business owners from their startup stage. And then, you know, now it's three, four years later, these businesses are thriving. And you know that that initial financing that you provided them helped them to, to flourish. And that's just so fulfilling for me. That's cool. Yeah, that would be awesome to see sort of the start of a business and seeing it through and still with you after all those years would be super exciting to see that. Yeah, it's interesting. Cool. Um, so let's talk about mortgages that we're supposed to talk about this morning. So um, I know like as with, you know, Back in if my past life, I worked in the banking industry. And, and if you were self-employed, it wasn't the easiest to get a mortgage or, or, or any lending. And now things have evolved. So let's talk about that. But when it comes to specifically a mortgage, how does the process differ from you know, a self-employed individual to someone that actually has an employer? Yeah, the primary difference is how the lenders verify the individual's personal income. Um, Self-employment income looks a bit different than traditional employment income and can be more complex. Uh, there's a number of ways self-employed individuals can pay themselves. Um, as a sole proprietor, you're the same legal entity as your business and your income would be reported in like a statement of business activities within your T1 general. If you own a corporation, which is a separate legal entity, you may pay yourself as a salaried employee, like T4ing yourself. Um, or you could pay yourself a dividend from the retained earnings at the end of the year. Um, but most business owners will discuss the most tax efficient way to draw earnings um, from their business with their accountant. Um, but we recognize that individuals also may leave money within their corporations as a tax planning strategy. They don't need all of those funds. Um, if the business is, is owned 100% by the borrower, um, we can also use the surplus of business income to help qualify for individuals um, personal lending. So it's really important for lenders to be comfortable with the different income streams for self-employed individuals and, and how money flows from the business to the individual. Um, and as a business banking advisor with Valley First, uh, because I manage both the business and personal affairs, 
Um, and with my experience in, in retail and business banking, I have this comprehensive understanding of how money flows between the individual and their business or businesses, which I think is a huge advantage for our self-employed borrowers. So it sounds like really the big, the big thing is like you're saying, verifying that income. And because as a business owner, you can be creative on how you structure sort of income, right? So, and yeah, okay, that's interesting. So does it, given all that, then does it make it much more challenging for a business owner to get a mortgage? Interestingly enough, kind of backing onto that income verification, um, one challenge that we face as lenders is like stated income versus reported income. Um, as a self-employed individual, you may have write-offs to help reduce your taxable income. Um, but lenders evaluate net income, which is after your write-offs um, when assessing these credit opportunities. The challenge is that the number you report on your taxes, your net income on a post-write-off, can be significantly less than what your true take-home income might actually be. Um, however, financial institutions understand that individuals who are self-employed write off a lot of their personal expenses. So we have a method where we can kind of gross up a portion of the income to capture some of those write-offs. Um, it is also common that income is underreported. Um, however, any income that is unreported can't be used to qualify for credit. Um, so if you're a self-employed individual that plans to seek credit within the next few years, it's important to ensure that you're capturing all of your earnings and are mindful of your write-offs. Um, one other comment to make about in income verification is that um, if your most recent year is lower than your previous year, so downward trending, um, the lender will use the lower of the two years. If your income is upward trending, lenders will use a two-year average. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily that, um, that it's more challenging for self-employed individuals to get a mortgage. Because self-employment is so common these days, um, much different to when I started in the industry nearly eight years ago. Um, so we are seeing a, a lot of progress in, in policies and procedures around supporting self-employed individuals in obtaining financing. Um, but it, it is a little bit challenging in terms of the, the income verification um, because we're unable to use stated income. We can only use what we can verify. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I would assume even the last couple of years, things have really changed with people working from home and there's, you know, because it's self-employed, I think people think just, a, you know, are brick and mortar business owners, but there's contractors or salespeople, like there's a lot, I would assume under self-employed, the categories are fairly large of, of the type of people that fall into there, right? So interesting. So is there typically, you mentioned sort of the two-year income average, like how long does a person have to be self-employed before they should actually, you know, they would think about getting mortgage or, or getting any lending? Yeah, it's almost exclusively two years of consistent self-employment income. Um, if there's a significant variance in income year over year, we may request years. Um, we do have access to alternate financing where self-employed individuals with less than two years um, of self-employment history can obtain financing. However, they must be in the same industry as a self-employed individual as they were um, prior to becoming self-employed. Um, so for instance, if you had um, someone who was employed by a construction company and they had been in that industry for 10 years and decided, hey, I'm gonna go self-employed and they're in the same industry and open up their own construction business, um, we recognize that there's no, no change in the industry. Um, and so that's an option as well. Um, but I, I would say that it's almost exclusively the two years. 
And, and does, I mean, outside of that example, you gave, I'm gonna assume industry doesn't make a difference if you're in tech sector, resource sector, professional services, you, I think from a lender perspective, you're looking at sort of that two-year average of income. You don't care what, for lack of a better word, what industry they're in. Is that fair to say? As long as it's consistent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like if you, if you were in construction and then you entirely switch industries right. and now you're in hospitality, we, it, the experience, the work experience that you have is otherwise irrelevant. Right. That makes sense. Um, do, are rates any different for a self-employed individual when it comes to lending or do they or, or is it the same criteria as if you're you know employed somewhere yeah it's not uh the rates are not different so if you're a self-employed individual um applying for a residential mortgage it's all subject to the same pricing um where you would see uh, higher rates would be if um, self-employed individuals were purchasing commercial buildings then it would be subject to commercial pricing. Um, so that's kind of just where we would see a variance. But other than that, if you're just applying for a residential mortgage, it's subject to residential rates. Interesting. Um, so if I'm interested in meeting with a lender, I'm, I want to be interested in meeting with you and I'm coming in on Friday, what documents, what, what should I be bringing in? What would make that process easier? Yeah, so we would be looking at income verification. So your past two years, um, T1 generals. And if you're a sole provider, that would include your statement of business activities. If you own a corporation, we would request the business financial statements and the T1 generals because um, it gives us kind of that holistic overview of both the business and personal. So we can see how the money moves between those two entities. Um, we would also want your notice of assessments and confirmation that taxes are up to date. Um, asset verification, so investment statements, property okay. statements, um, confirmation of any chattel owned. Um, we would look at a personal network statement as well, and we have a, a template that we provide to our members um, when applying for, for credit. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we would also get consent to pull your credit bureau, and that's how we would kind of pull through those liabilities. But um, it really is kind of a comprehensive overview um, or analysis of both the business and personal affairs. Because when you're self-employed, the two are so interconnected. Right. That makes sense. Interesting. And, and I'm curious, is, is that like when you're talking, I know we talked about mortgages, but is it, it what you're talking about pertinent to all types of lending? It, if, if, I'm, if I'm not just looking at a more, I know you mentioned commercial, but it, it does what you're saying, what you just said about what I should prepare and how you verify income, the same doesn't matter what I'm borrowing, for lack of a better word. Pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's generally, I kind of have like a core group of documents that I request. And right. depending on the credit need, I might have um, other documents I add in. Um, for instance, if you already have a subject property in mind, we would want to see the appraisal and purchase and sale agreement. Right. If you have a startup business, um, you know, I would be looking at business plan and business projections. Um, and so there's, depending on the credit need, there may be additional items that are required, but for the most part, the, we have kind of like a core, I would say like eight items that um, we always request. And then we would also require that information for all borrowers. So if there's multiple people who are going on the credit facility, um, we would require it for all borrowers. Got it. Okay. Um, so once you're approved, uh, I get lending, do, or do I have to prove 
income in future years as well? Like, am I giving documents to you every year to prove that? Only if you um, need to requalify, like if you wanted to do an equity takeout or a refinance or you're applying for new credit, right. um, once you're approved there uh, on the residential side, there's no annual reporting requirements or anything um, where we would need to re if you are um, borrowing on the commercial side, um, you know, biannually, we might get an updated personal net worth statement and we require the financial statements on an annual basis, um, but you wouldn't see that on the, the retail side. Got it, okay. Um, I do have a couple more questions, but we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna play Would You Rather. We're gonna do a little 10 questions to kind of get you in a little bit and then we're gonna wrap up with a couple of questions uh, as well. So these are just awesome. questions to get to know you a little bit more. Um, so first one, would you rather read the book or would you rather watch the movie? I mean, I really want to be the person who reads the book, but I'm the person who watches the movie. <laughs> I'm with you. I, all intentions is to read, but it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Would you rather be an extra in an Oscar-winning movie or be a lead in a box office bomb? Probably an extra in an Oscar-winning movie. Uh, would you rather, if you're a force, would you rather sing or dance in front of your coworkers? Uh, well, I am a dancer. Oh, so, so I would dance. Yeah. <laughs> and you have in the past? Have they watched you dance before? I have had some coworkers come to my shows. Yeah, it's pretty oh, awesome. And I'm and I'm an awful singer. So <laughs> gotta, gotta go with what you know. Exactly. Um, would you rather lounge by the pool or would you rather lounge on a beach? A beach. Beach. Okay. Um, would you rather someone see all the photos in your phone or read all your text messages? Well, neither. <laughs> probably, probably my text messages. Yeah, that's too funny. Um, would you rather have a pause or rewind, rewind button in your life? Probably a pause button. Hmm. Yeah. Um, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room? Um... I'm going to say the funniest person because I think laughter is the best medicine. I like it. It's great. Uh, on Friday night, date night, would you rather go out for fine dining or would you rather just stay in an order? Probably stay in an order. Do you have a go-to? What's your favorite food to order in? Or do you kind of like, depending on the mood? Yeah, depending on the mood. I do gravitate towards Earl's a lot. I really like their chili chicken and wonton rice bowl. Still okay, delicious. awesome. Yeah. Um, for dessert then, would you rather have cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Yeah, favorite yeah. flavor? Definitely chocolate. I know it's pretty pretty plain, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been eating chocolate ice cream since I was a kid and I don't uh, deviate from it very often. Um, last question, and, and I ask this to everybody, we're going to tabulate this at the end and see who the winner is, but would you rather only be able to use a fork and no spoon, or would you only be able to use a spoon or no fork for the rest of your life? That's a good one. Um, I think I'd have to go with the spoon because you can't pick up liquids with a fork. Yeah. Yeah. Spoon. Team spoon. Get, get Team some spoon. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel, yeah, I feel like you can chop things up good with a spoon. That's um, true. Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to try. Make it, For the next make week, it work. Probably eat everything with a spoon. See if you can do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Awesome. So a couple more questions for a wrap up. Um, people that are listening, uh, are there some tips that you can give um, or you can provide uh, to help that, you know, when someone's looking for a mortgage, some, some little tips you can give business owners? Yeah. Ensuring that all of your income is reported, um, not taking on any new debt prior to um, obtaining approval for a mortgage. Like it's not the time to be buying, you know, a brand new car, for instance. Um, try to refrain from having your credit pulled too frequently. Um, frequent credit pulls can harm your credit. Um, and reaching out to your lender proactively for advice. Um, you know, if you know you want to buy within the next one to three years, meet with your lender now um, to discuss your current financial position and, and where you need to go and, and how you can get into a position where you get a quick yes from your financial institution when you're ready to apply for credit. You know, and I think it's interesting because uh, I, I think I tell the story a lot of, of the fact that as you're growing your business, how important it is to have like really good people around you, like a, you know, a good lawyer, a good accountant, a good accountant, as you keep saying, you're thinking about keeping all your financial records. So I'm like, you really need a good accountant to make sure it's all in order. Um, but a good, you know, banking advisor, financial advisor. So I want to wrap up by so in your role as a business banking advisor, like how can you help self-employed individuals? Not only just we're talking about mortgage and lending today, but maybe in other financial way and how do, well ways. Sorry, how do you fit into that ecosystem of sort of helping business owners navigate what we just went through over the last couple of years and then into the future as well? Yeah, I mean to to your point, it does take like a team to support business owners and. We want to give back as much time as possible to the business owner so that they can focus on what's most important to them, which is operating their business. And so we're able to liaison directly with the, the member's lawyer or accountant. And um, by doing that, we're able to work together to kind of wrap our arms around the member um, and obtain any required information that we would need. And also to consult with one another so that we're all on the same page and supporting that member. Um, so that's, you know, kind of, with reference to the, the ecosystem is that we all kind of work together cohesively to support the member. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the role is, is rather unique in the sense that I manage both business and personal. Um, so, you know, we do have uh, the, the same kind of, and I think in our last session, we talked about the differences between credit unions and, and banks. And um, it, it's a common mis, um, misconception that credit unions offer less than chartered banks do. But we actually offer the same suite of products and service offerings. And so really, um, I, I kind of wear a lot of hats. You know, I wear the business hat, the personal hat, the wealth hat, and we have access to that same product and suite offerings. And so for our self-employed um, members, as I mentioned earlier, they have one primary point of contact at their financial institution. And because our credit union is, is you know, community focused. I like, you have my direct phone number, right? You have one primary point of contact, you know, you have my cell number, you can text me, you know, my email, my, my direct phone number. And um, it really comes down to, to that relationship that you have with your members and um, being there to support them in whatever decisions that they're making. And so I have members that will, before they're making a financial decision, will reach out to me and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, what are your thoughts on that? So it's also kind of having um, someone that you can back your ideas off of. Um, 
Yeah, so it, it is a it's a really unique role, and and I'm really fortunate to be in the position that I am, where I can support self-employed individuals um, with all of their you know business and personal banking needs. Yeah, I always say like business business isn't easy, right? So having uh, good people around you, like you know, like yourself, good business banking advisors that can really help navigate and know. You know, ahead of time, like it's just some things you were saying that people don't think about is, well, don't, if, if, you're, if you're looking to get a mortgage, maybe don't get that car this year, because it might affect like just being proactive with your members on that is such a big thing. So you don't walk in and go, oh, man, if I would have known that three months ago, I would have waited. <laughs> right. So. Absolutely. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for joining me again today. It was good. It was nice chatting. And I always, I always find this is as a business owner. Um, there's a lot of questions and knowing what you can and can't do. And, and thanks for shedding some light on sort of the, the lending, we won't say challenge opportunities and, you know, for someone to self-employed and what they should be aware of. And if anyone has any questions, you can reach out to the team at Valley First and Chloe and they're great answering and uh, they'll be able to sit down with you and chat. So thank you. Thank you for joining and everyone else have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning into Business Matters. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. <laughs>